0: The early retirement vlog. My name is Ray Taylor. You can subscribe to this vlog on youtubecom inspired disorder. Uh, I just enjoy talking about uh, whatever I feel like talk- talking about, whether it's something that happened currently in my life or uh, my reflections on a particular topic or whatever. It comes out every Wednesday if you're interested to subscribe to the uh, YouTube page, youtubecom inspired disorder. In this vlog, I am going to be discussing, in the last one I discussed how I got into podcasts, and uh, in this one I want to talk a little bit about, more about podcasting, um, and this time more on the, the money side, and I put money quotes because, you know, just because you build it doesn't mean they will come, but uh, there are ways to make money, just like anything, I mean, there's probably more ways to make money doing more things today than ever before uh i mean from you know new apps and services like uber and you know dog walking apps and food delivery apps and everything um you can make money your imagination these people have imaginations that just for making money uh so anyway podcasting's no different um and you know there's a lot of the first part you need to do. I mean, you just just starting a podcast doesn't mean you're going to make money. Every every aspect of making money with podcasts is going to fall back on your audience, um, building an audience. Uh, so you can make money on podcasting just as much as you can make money on Instagram. If you have a million Instagram followers, you can get you can. There's different things you can do. Um, so let's say you have a podcast, and let's say you have an audience. Um, how do you know if you have a big enough audience to make money with it? You don't, (laughs) you never know. Um, so the different ways to, to make money, one of them, which if you listen to podcasts, you know, a lot of podcasts have advertising on them. Um, so you can sell advertising space on your podcast. Uh, generally the ads will, you'll get paid to do an ad either, uh, before the show pre-roll um, in the middle of the show, you tend to get paid a lot more. Um, those are called mid-rolls. And then there's, uh, you know, at the end, which usually I would imagine is the least profitable uh, spot is like a post-roll. I, I, would, I would imagine what it's called. Um, so you can get advertising space based on that. Depending on your show, uh, putting in, like if you're doing a show like Joe Rogan, for instance... He doesn't do mid-roll ads. He does uh pre-rolls and that's it. Uh and then uh and only for the audio version, which a lot of podcasts for the most part will do their ads just for their audio. And I think part of that is with YouTube, uh they have stipulations where um if you want to go through YouTube's monetization, which is another way to make money. Uh, You can't already have advertising in your video, generally. Um, So selling ads. So if you have a good enough audience, you can go to businesses, um, you know, and sell yourself to them and see if they want to spend some money on you. Um, So you can do it that way. You can always test out your audience to see how willing they are to buy stuff from you uh, by selling your own merch. Uh, A lot of podcasts have t-shirts or prints of, uh, like, posters or, um, a, a lot of podcasters will also do, uh, stand up comedy. So you get access to, you know, their albums or whatever other things that that podcast makes aside from the podcast. So merchandise, um, you know, and that, that can go, you know, for selling if you're, if you make movies, for selling your movie, if you're an author, for selling books. Uh, basically it's called content marketing. So, um, so, like a lot of businesses will have podcasts. Like, for instance, uh, on it, on it has a podcast, um, or Fox, or like the UFC has their official podcast. And these are all kind of marketing things, you know, creating content, creating entertainment. Um, but it's it's branded by the company that makes it, and it's all directed to go back to the company. Like the uh, slash Filmcast is a podcast about movies. Um, and that's content marketing for the Slash Film website, um, which is a movie news website. Uh, so they get traffic from people subscribing to the show, and, uh, and then going to the show, and then that's how that show, they get advertising, but then they're also directing traffic to their website, which you can have ads on your website, merch on your website, all kinds of different stuff. Um, so merchandising is a great, great way to test out your audience, um, And a great way to, you know, if you don't want to have ads in your show, uh, which I'm not a big fan of, I have unsubscribed to countless podcasts that stuff ads everywhere in their show. For instance, um, which their video is different from their audio, but uh, the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Highly successful podcast hosted by Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen. Brian Callen... Stand-up comic, actor, had an audience, you know, from, I'm sure, Twitter and just other social media. Brendan Schaub, former UFC fighter, former uh, athlete, used to play professional football, um, and then a lot of college sports. So he had, they're both bringing in their audiences, and then they're friends with Joe Rogan, so they were able to help market their show through more popular shows by being guests. Uh, but one thing that they do on their audio podcast that just I I had to unsubscribe. I love their their show. It was entertaining, even though Brian Callen could be annoying sometimes. Um, which is fine. It's just whatever. Uh, they would put ads throughout the whole thing, and they did original ad reads where they made it interesting. But it was like it it's literally like. It felt like uh getting like a playboy if you if anybody remembers Playboy magazines or just most magazines nowadays and you go through magazines you're you're getting like ads you're buying you're buying a book of ads with a few articles or pictures or whatever in it it's like it's the most bull and so with that show, it was like an hour and a half long podcast, but a half hour of it were advertising and i don 't know if those percentages are right, but that's what it felt like as a listener um so I unsubscribed. Same thing with the UFC Unfiltered podcast. They basically copied everything that Fighter and the Kid were doing, except for Fighter and the Kid. On top of ad sales, they also do merch, and they do it really well. Um, they're constantly coming out with new designs, uh, and they have a big enough audience to where they're able to sell out really fast, and then that in itself um, helps build because you're selling a, a very limited product. Um, But so for as using them as an example, you know, advertising, which they could cut out and they would be losing probably a shitload of money from cutting it out of their audio podcast. They might get a few more listeners. I'm sure a lot of their fans don't mind. Um, But they're also making money on the the, the t-shirt sales. They also do live shows. Um, Some podcasts, if you're if you're big enough or if your podcast lends itself to it, doing live shows is another way to make money early in the day. Uh, Dignation and Totally Rad Show would do live shows. Now, this was, like, way before entertainers were in podcasting. These were just geeks that were in, like, the the media version of the geek universe. Um, and, the, you know, entertainers, ho- show hosts, and things like that. They did... So, there was a few live shows where you can sell tickets to do that. So, Fire and the Kid, they go on tour. The Dollop, which in the last Inspired Disorder podcast... Uh, Keith and I went to go see a live uh, recording of The Dollop at the Oriental Theater in Denver, uh, which was a great show. Um, Friends with Gareth Reynolds, uh, who used to be part of the Naughty Show, and that's where I first met him, met all the people from the Naughty Show. And then he's gone on to do a bunch of podcasts, but The Dollop is exploding. So, because they have huge fan base, they going on tour in australia i think right now they're doing a north america tour um and they go over to europe and and all they go everywhere everywhere that speaks english i would imagine they're going um and they don't do as much merch they have some posters and stuff like that um primarily what they do as i don't even know if they have ads they may do an ad at the top of a show maybe but i don't remember hearing one um primarily what they do is another is a new thing uh, called Patreon. So, Patreon, if, I mean, a few years ago, there was this whole crowdfunding thing that happened uh, with, like, GoFundMe, uh, Kickstarter, uh, Indiegogo, where people can, if they have ideas or projects they don't want that they want to get funded, you can post this project and get funding for it. If you raise the money, you get the money to fund your project. So, Patreon's similar to that, except for it's a monthly donation, so it's, if you want to donate to people who create content on a regular basis, so it's a lot of podcasts, a lot of artists, um, probably filmmakers and musicians, um, just a lot of creative people that do things, create things on a regular, pro- on a regular basis, and, uh, you know, you get perks just like you do on Kickstarter, uh, and there's different tiers, and with, because it's a monthly thing. Um, and your donations, your monthly donations grow, which The Dollop, as opposed, as, in, including a lot of shows that I've seen, um, like, We Have Concerns, which is, a like, a comedy science show, uh, with, I forget the host, but, um, Jeff Ganata is one of the hosts, they do really well with their Patreon, The Dollop does really well with their Patreon, and I've seen a lot of other shows and artists where they're getting paid, Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much any of these specific ones, but you know, you could you can make good money doing Patreon, but it's all takes a long time. Again, it's an audience thing. Uh, a lot of people do s- extra content for Patreon. Um so it is more work when you do when you do that. Uh but it's another way to make money. It's another way uh it's definitely a new way as opposed to, you know, the downside of merch is you know, I have to buy all the shirts first, you know, and then I have to try and sell them. Um, and the more shirts you buy, the less it costs overall per shirt. But if you don't know how, you know, what your, your current audience is going to be willing to pay or buy, um, or if they even like it, it's hard to know. Um, so there's a lot of questions. Um, you know, you could spend a lot, you could spend hundreds of dollars on, on merchandise that just never sells, just sits in boxes. Um, i found that yeah merch you and then with merch you know you sell it on your website you sell it on Etsy you sell Gumroad there's a lot of a lot of ways you can sell your merch um online um but it's definitely it's definitely something that I would hold off on unless you already know you have an audience or if you're already somebody who creates stuff like you create you're an artist or um, an author for instance like a friend Friend of the show, Alex Bolin. He's an author from Portland. Just came out with a new, new book. Uh, off the hand, off the top of my head, I don't know. Don't know the name. Um, he has a few other books. One of which is Periphery. Um, he's all self published, uh, but he writes books because he's an author. Um, so whether he's doing the podcast or not, it's not directly related to his podcast. But he can use his podcast to sell the book um, to his audience. Uh, but then he also has it, I would imagine on Amazon and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily merch for his podcast, but in a way it is similar to my, you know, the many faces art series that I have available. It's not related to the inspired disorder podcast, but I'll promote it on there and, uh, get more eyeballs to it. Um, so, you know, merch can be tricky. Um, ad sales are tricky, you know, and that's where you have an audience and then you can sign up. There's companies that do it. There's one that's called Midroll, uh, which you have to – there's some setup. They want to verify your numbers. Um, and I, I've i seen different things where you need to have at least 10,000 downloads per episode. Um, but that was a few years ago, so it may be up higher than that. You may need like 20,000 um, for certain advertisers to even – Bother with you um then there's also like affiliate links that you can kind of do instead of ad sales which is what i do because i don't have those big of numbers um but i do have a good audience that does you know shop online um so you can do like links like uh a lot of the times like if you go to ting for instance um you can sign up if you go through the thing they'll have a thing it's like oh share this link with your friends and you'll get 50 dollars credit for every friend that signs up so you can kinda do like a little workaround like that if you wanted to. Um generally doesn't work very well with those on it has a an affiliate program too. Um and I mean those are tough. Those are all everything's tough. It's just those super low percentages. So you have to get a lot of people unless it's you know you get a, a credit or something. Um and then as aside from Patreon, um there's just the old school donations. Uh, Like the Slash Filmcast that started over a decade ago, I'm sure. Uh, They do PayPal donations. um, And then they get a shout-out on the show. Very basic, but very similar to the Patreon thing. Um, And then if you do... So those are all things that you can do on audio podcasts. If you, which a lot of shows are starting to finally do, have a video component to it... You can use YouTube and you can sign up for their ad share program on YouTube, um, which basically means uh, they'll put ads on it. So like if you go to YouTube and you watch a video and you see an ad, you know, before the video starts or you see a little lower thirds ad, that's either the person who published the video is making YouTube do that and then they get paid based on, you know, how much you watch. Uh, or if they have copyrighted content in their video, then the copyright owner gets that money. Um, And you don't have a choice. You can't unmonetize. They'll just throw ads on it, and and they get paid. So one thing you have to think of is make sure that your intro music, that you don't use any copyrighted music. And if you're doing a movie podcast, you don't show clips from the, the movie, you don't show the trailer, um, at least the audio for it you might be able to get away with the video um, I've been flagged for it for uh, trailers um, and and music any kind of music like it doesn't have to be very long their their algorithm rhythms are very smart um, and I've seen it on some like your mom's house uses uh, video clips from other youtube other youtubers and basically either cuts them in. And puts them, you know, as like a picture in picture kind of thing, almost like the Inspired Disorder podcast. How we're set up with the TV. They have a TV, and they'll play it on there. Um, eventually, I mean, they're pulling videos from really smaller YouTubers. Uh, but if you're somebody like Joe Rogan who used to do that, also, you get flagged. Um, you start, and it's when you start getting flagged on YouTube. I mean, the copyright stuff is not, not really. That bad. It's you'll get used to it. You'll just start getting them. Um, even though even if they're not legitimate. I got a copyright thing for a review we did on the burbs, the movie The Burbs, and all I had was just a still marketing picture on the TV. Um and it got flagged. I fought it, they overturned it. Generally takes doesn't take very long. Um, but YouTube the nice thing with YouTube is that if something hits. Like, anything can get go viral. I mean, there's videos, there's episodes where I have... Like, one of my most popular videos right now on my YouTube page is a, one of the vlogs where I reviewed Abstract. It's a documentary series on Netflix. I just It's just a series that I enjoyed, and I reviewed it, on, on the, and it's one of the more popular videos I've done. So it's really hard to know, you know, because I've talked about a lot of things that I love. And some of them barely get any views. Uh, But the nice thing is, you know, if you go viral with your YouTube video, then, and you're set up for ad share, you're going to be getting paid actual money for views. Um, So that's another way you can make money with YouTube. Kind of tricky. It's more work because you have to do a video component to your show. um, But it's well worth it, I would say. I mean, doing video component to your show... It just any kind start off, and then you can always improve um but it's an aspect that a lot of people are doing, and it's an easy way easier way to make money if you get used to it the the workflow of it um, you know, and chopping up episodes into clips, make it very shareable and consumable um there's a lot of things you can do with youtube um and then the last thing which I could think of I could only think of a few. I don't know. I'm going through all the ways that I think that people can make money. But the last one is if you've been doing a podcast for a long time and you have a giant audience, say like a Douglas movies or a what the fuck by Mark Marin, you can put after a certain amount of episodes, you, you can put them behind a paywall. Um, so like on your iTunes feed, it'll have your last year or last hundred episodes or however you want to do it. And then what they'll do is they'll take all the other ones and then put those on their website where you have to pay, um, like I think, uh, Douglas movies is like 15 bucks for a season. Uh, and he's got like 10 seasons or 20 seasons. I don't know. Um, so that's another way. And those are good. Depends on your podcast. Like Douglas movies are pretty evergreen. Um, I'm sure they talk about particular movies as they come out, but, It's such a listenable, re-listenable podcast that I go back all the time and throw on old episodes um, just because they're funny. They talk about movies that are still out and available to watch. Um, So nothing topical. As opposed to, let's say, my um, Inspired Disorder podcast, I do a fight talk episode where we we break down the previous card um, and we go through all the fights from the fight pass prelims to the main card main event, and then we'll go through and we'll make picks for the next card from the fight pass all the way to the main event. Um, and some people, m- people mostly want to see our predictions. That's by far the most more popular of the two. When I cut that episode up, I'll cut up full card, full card of predictions and breakdown, ha- main card, main card, and predictions always do better than the, than the breakdowns. It's mainly because people want, but then you, I couldn't put those behind a paywall because nobody gives a fuck what my predictions were for UFC one ninety seven, you know. And I mean maybe the breakdowns, for sure, those will probably be those will have more legs on YouTube where the the predictions kinda have kinda get off to an early start. Um So it's tricky. Uh but putting your putting your old episodes behind a, a paywall is definitely another one of the things. So those are the main things that i could think of to make money there's probably other ways you can make money maybe even investors i don't know you could probably if you you could probably sell your your podcast um or get picked up by a network uh there's a lot of things to do i think the schmoes know was a uh, start out as a podcast now it's like this whole whole thing on youtube where it's almost like its own network of, of different movie shows um And then there's shows that like uh, there's shows that got turned like Marin. In a lot of ways, his podcast helped him to do that show. Um, Kevin Smith has kind of turned podcasts into uh, into shows, so you can grow your show in that way as well, Um, which is a different way to make money. But so those are the things you can sell merch, you can get ads, Uh, you can do the Patreon thing, you can do uh, just regular donations, you can do ad sales on YouTube, you can do, um, you can archive your old episodes, uh, there's a lot of ways, potential ways to make money, but the big thing is your audience, the bigger your audience, the better it is, now there's one thing I heard, I want to say it was Kevin Rose that, that said it, but he could have been quoting somebody else, um, it could have been from Tim Ferriss, actually, but, one of the things that they, they said early on, I think they were selling a book or they were just discussing the bull Kevin Rose, longtime podcaster. Um, but also, I mean, he's, he's very successful um, in everything he's done. Uh, but one of the things they said is you only need a thousand true diehard fans, right? Because if you have just think of a diehard fan as somebody who would spend $100 on you per year. Right. So whether you're coming out with you know, some books or you're coming out with some merch. Um and maybe it's not a hundred dollars a year. Maybe it was just uh no, I think it was a hundred dollars a year. Um so if you come out with enough products or let let's say for instance, um like if I had one of those and I'm probably not a fan of that. There's probably a podcast, maybe your mom's house, I spent the most amount of money on um, as far as just buying merch and supporting. Like if they have an advertiser and I want to support their podcast and I also want to try out this product or the service, I'll use their link. Um, So it's just somebody that would spend up to $100 or if if you're a stand-up comic, that's like somebody going to one of your shows, basically. Um, But the way it breaks down... If you're selling the products or the services yourself, I mean that's a hundred thousand dollars. You know, if you can get a thousand dollars to spend a hundred dollars on you every year, but it's hard to get those diehard people that would do that, and also to maintain. Cause I've been die hard about certain things throughout my life. Like, there was one point I would have I would have easily spent a hundred dollars on Dignation Merch. But now I I probably wouldn't I wouldn't mind having a Dignation shirt, but they don't exist anymore. Um, same thing with Totally Rad Show. Um, so I would love to have their stuff, but you know they don't they're not making stuff anymore. Um, but so that's another way you could do it. Yeah, I mean that's not another way, but that's kind of a philosophy or the idea of it. And I think it was more for books. But I could be wrong. It doesn't really matter. It's a stupid equation. It's like, well, yeah, if I knew I had a thousand people who would spend a hundred dollars, I make. If everybody bought everything that I have available, I would be really good right now. Like I have way more available than people. I don't. I think it's more of a thing. It's just not enough eyeballs of of seeing my stuff, uh, especially my new stuff. But anyway, you can see all my new stuff. you can support me as far as the the things that i use um i've done ad sales more like the the affiliate kind of ad sales through the podcast made some money doing it not a big fan of it recently eliminated it from the show um still sell merch i have this shirt the uh conspiracy disorder or disorder conspiracy shirt uh however you want to say it uh there's the Diseasy shirt available. There's over 100 piece uh, new ink drawings that are available through the Many Faces series. There are all of the prints, all of the, uh, I mean, all the episode artwork for each episode of the Inspired Disorder podcast for the past year, uh, which is over 100 original Photoshop, well, Photoshops. Uh, the prints of those are for sale, 12 by 12 prints. So if you're familiar with uh, vinyl, record, you know, art size, Um, so there would be frames if you wanted to frame it, um, you would get one of those frames, 12 by 12, Uh, so if you want to buy one of those, there's a favorite Photoshop you want to get, you can get a print of that, Um, I'm also going to be selling digital versions, digital download versions, and prints of my photography, Um, there's going to be digital downloads of the IDP episode artwork, and I'm adding new uh, artwork and stuff to the website. I'm in the process of redesigning Inspired Disorder po- or InspiredDisorder.com, um, focusing it in more on the products that I have for sale. You'll still have access to all the podcasting stuff, so you can subscribe to this show on YouTube.com/slash Inspired Disorder, but also the Inspired Disorder podcast, which is found on all audio form, so iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, all that kind of stuff. Um, but go to InspiredDisorder.com, sign up for the newsletter. Check out all of my stuff. Support me as an ind- independent artist, independent content creator, um, doing this all on my own. Uh, f- please support me and the stuff that I do. InspiredDisorder.com slash faces for the new faces stuff. And I, I guess that's it. Um, Patreon.com slash If you want to donate, um, there are things... Just donate a dollar, one dollar a month, twelve dollars a year. Gives you access to the Patreon page. Um, there's perks and other things. So if you want to upgrade later, I am going to be tweaking the Patreon page more over the past, uh, few months. So, um, at least get in on that dollar, a dollar a month subscription, patreon.com slash inspired disorder. That's it. Follow me on Twitter at Ray Taylor on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm inspired disorder on Snapchat. I am at lot. I have, I have no idea what else to say. That's it. I think that's it. I hope everybody has a great day. New episodes come out every Wednesday on YouTube. Um have a great week and uh be good to each other. Don't don't be assholes. Support artists. And if you don't have money to spend, retweet my shit. I post stuff on Instagram all the time. Post stuff on Twitter and and, and uh Facebook all the time. If if you are a fan of me but maybe not a fan of the work I do, maybe the style of work I do isn't to your taste, but you want to help support me in a very free way, is to retweet or repost anything I post to your audience. Because I don't know all of your people. And I want to get to know all of your people. Because if you like me for some reason, they, there might be a connection there where they might like my artwork, or my podcasts or any of the other things that I do. Um, so, the bare minimum, give me a retweet, share my shit, I appreciate it, Um thank you all for listening, that's it, I'm done, okay, peace.